Hello and welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where each week, Pastor Jeff Cranston explores biblical theology that provides practical life applications in an understandable way. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Hi again, Kitchen Table Theologian, Pastor Jeff Cranston with you, and today's podcast is part two of an interview that I did with Jordan Magelson. Jordan is the worship arts pastor at Low Country Community Church in Bluffton, South Carolina, where I am the lead pastor. And we had a great conversation talking about worship, the theology of worship, the music that we sing, and the importance of having God's Word drive all of our theology in regard to music and singing and and worship. So settle back and listen to part two of my conversation with Jordan Magelson. So you're talking about the, the Word and the Spirit, and then it's it's the role of people, men and women in the church, who put those things in our own language in the form of lyrics. Mm-hmm. Hymn writers have been doing it for thousands of years. We've got examples of hymns the early church sang in the New Testament fragments, but still mm-hmm. they were singing it. And the ones we have are steeped in doctrine from the New Testament. And so it's a quite a responsibility mm-hmm. that people have to take the, 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 uh, the character of God, let's just say, and put it into lyrics, and yeah. we start singing about it. And, you know, you and I, we, we've often discussed, and I'm sure we will many times moving forward, of the necessity, necessity to adhere to solid biblical theology and what we place before our people every week yeah. to sing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you, you know what we're singing. You know the lyrics. You, you read them through. I read them through. You're listening to the song in its totality, musically and so forth. I don't really do that as much. Mm. I I read the lyrics for the theological content yeah. to make sure that we're that we're on. But you know, do do we let me ask you this, do we and I'm talking about the church in general, not any specific church, but at church in general, do you th- do you see or do you believe that we sometimes or maybe we could say we we sometimes have a tendency to get caught up in the sights and sounds at the expense of singing solid theology. Is that do you see that happening? Do you feel like that's a danger? I absolutely do. Yeah. I think just like how easy it's been for decades to to argue and fight about tradition, to fight over form and function. The danger to yeah, the the far reaches of however that form and function can take place. I think in modern worship, it's it's something that can easily be misunderstood or misused, misguided to to think that, especially like you said, lights and sounds, and there's there's an entertainment factor that can come into as a temptation for some to think that, oh, if it if it's bright, if it's loud, if it melodically pleasing, then it has power to think that all, if we engage all the senses, it has power. If we think that it, and I try to remind our teams constantly every week, we talk about music or ministry over the music. We prepare music. There's something that God can do through that. Music can be something that unifies us, calls us in. And if it's centered on the word of God, then that is unifying to us. And if it's, if the spirit of God is in that, then it's unifying. But if we're up there and our musicians are just playing music, 
then all they are is entertainers. If all I'm doing is singing songs and, and there's lights going and all these things, then to ask myself the question, what's different from that from a, a concert? I remember we used to sit down with our interns years ago and we would play, we'd turn the sound off and we would play a Hillsong concert and we would play a Coldplay concert and we would ask, what's the difference? Because if you're just looking at it, yeah, people are raising their hands in both. There's lights going in both. There's people singing in both. The form and function of it can look very, very similar from the outside. And if those leading and stewarding that space don't understand the difference, then it, it can be so easily misguided and and empty of right. purpose, empty right. of any of those things. And so for our interns who want to be on a platform and they want to be leading people into worship and they want to use their gifts and talents through music to lead people, but they don't understand the difference of those two things and they can't articulate it, then they're not going to be leading people. And so it's so easily misguided. And and I think it is a danger in, in the modern church, even in what people perceive, because everything we do in worship ministry teaches, not just through right. what we say, yep. but what we do. It teaches about what matters. And I think it, those things can be utilized and positioned in a way that that bring power and bring momentum towards things. But it is not because of those things that we see trans- transformed lives. It's not mm-hmm. because of those things that, and I never ever want want myself or our teams to misunderstand that. Yeah. And so that's really good. Really good. And it just, you know, it points you back to John 15 and what Jesus was saying. Mm-hmm. It, everything's got to be founded upon the word, everything we yeah. do, everything we say, everything we sing. And uh, we've, Jordan and I have talked about lyrics from time to time. But, you know, one of those songs, I, I don't want to be harsh yeah. or super critical here, but I think th- th- these are the things I think it behooves us as good theologians, because you're a theologian, I'm a theologian, everybody who's a Christian, I firmly believe is a theologian. You know, it, we should examine what it is we're singing. Hmm. And there's a song, and it's it, it's a little bit older now, but I'm sure it's known to most people in our kitchen table theology audience. It has a beautiful lilting melody. It's it flows well. It and it sounds great. And the lyrics, one of the lines says, like a rose trampled on the ground, you took the fall and thought of me above all. We've sung that here. <laughs> You've led people singing that. The more I thought about it, like a rose trampled on the ground, you took the fall and thought of me above all that last line you know so that jesus is being compared to a, a rose which has been oh, trampled God. underfoot yeah right not a thorn a rose and he took the fall good okay good good word picture he took the fall get that and thought of me absolutely and then the problem that i have is the last two words above all <laughs> and we sing that but it when i think about it i go above all what you know, all other people. Did he think about me above all other people? No. Did he think about me above his sovereign plan for the salvation of all mankind? Hmm. No. So above what? And I think it's a great song, but that part of that line, theologically, I go, wait a second, because that tends to feel very me-centered. And I'm noticing more and more not necessarily what, again, what we're singing here, but just what I hear and, and see 
there's a me-centeredness. I, I feel like it's creeping in to a lot of the songs that we sing, and it's what God does for me. Hmm. And I was like this. And I mean, what? there's nothing wrong with that to a point. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Mm-hmm. Well, how you could say, well, that's me-centered. I once was lost. I now am found. I was blind. A lot of personal pronouns yeah. there. Mm-hmm. But what's he doing? He's 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 pointing to how debased and how far he was without Christ. And then, you know, then brings in the salvation aspect of it. And I think when we get to the point of singing songs about how good God makes me feel, how how good God ha- has been to me. Again, nothing wrong with that in terms of how that God has been good to he's a good God. That's one of his characteristics. <laughs> but I think there's an inherent danger when we move away from singing worshipfully to bring God glory to well let me let's just sing about me for a while and then I'll we'll bring God in in the in the refrain. <laughs> you know I just think it's stuff we've got to be careful about. Now, we talked, we'll end with this. We talked about this lyric last week. And because I saw it one way, you saw it another, and it and it really helped me. And this is a line, I, I, I don't know if we, this is still in the rotation here or not. You didn't want heaven without us. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus, you brought heaven down. You didn't want heaven without us. So, Jesus, you brought heaven down. I heard this one way. When I read this, mm-hmm. it makes me think God was lonely. He didn't want heaven without us. He's he's lonely up there. And then the word so, so, therefore, that you could put therefore in, mm-hmm. but that doesn't fit lyrically. Therefore, Jesus, you brought heaven down. I don't know. That, that just hit me as really bad theology <laughs> because God is not alone. You go back to Genesis, let us make man in our own image. There are, what, millions, hundreds of millions, billions of angels in heaven. But he, and there's no question, he wants us mm-hmm. in heaven. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to eternal life. But you see where I'm I'm going with that? Yeah, I, I just think it's a little bit, it, it gives me pause. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that. Again, I don't want to be too critical. But you you brought another For me, point of view. It causes me to to understand the difference between want and need. Do I believe that God needs us in heaven? No. But understanding the heart of God from Scripture, God's desires, Second Peter 3 comes to mind for me, that his desire would be that all man would be saved mm-hmm. and come to an understanding. It's like his if I'm understanding and, and searching for the heart of God through that song, and I understand that that lyric within the context of the whole, because what you were talking about earlier, the, the balancing of or the understanding of man-centered, and Christ-centered lyrics. I think through time, there's pendulum swings back and forth because I think we feel that tension. I think sometimes the man-centeredness in our lyrics come heavily from human expression and human experience. I think it comes from a longing for us to see ourselves in, in the story of God. So if you're to look and analyze lyrics of Christian worship over the last hundred, hundreds of years, to look at it, to, I, I think there's a, a swinging back and forth of that because Understanding ourselves in the in the context of the story of God is important. Should it ever take the place of Christ-centeredness in our worship? No, it should not ever take the place of that. Mm-hmm. We should see ourselves in the context of that. But this lyric specifically, I think it helps us see ourselves in, in the context of that because the next line is, my sin was great. 
your love is greater. Well, why um, do you have to bring context into this? Because it's context is king. I, I learned that in context. That's right, um, it is. And so if we were up if we got up on stage and sang that line, we would You'd have to explain it. That would be that would be if we just sang that line and that right. was it in that song. But right. that song I think does an incredibly beautiful job explaining the the full context of yeah. the gospel. There's a there's a turning point in that line in verse two when it hits that line. It's just got done singing about how beautiful the name of Jesus is because of what he's done. And then it speaks to his desire. How do we fit in the story of God? It's because he desires that we would be in heaven. That lets me know the heart of God. It gives me a clear picture of that. I think it's easy to to misinterpret a lot of things, but for that to be, to sit in kind of the, the turning point of that song and then to to see ourselves in in the light of who God is as as sinners. We are sinners. Your love is greater. And and here's the context of the gospel. How do we fit into that story? Well, that's extremely helpful. I think the point here is that we have to be careful with every song that we sing. Mm-hmm. For you and I, any song that goes in front of our people on a Sunday, we want it to be rich and deep and accurate in its theology. Absolutely. But still, there there's still songs of human experience and human mm-hmm. expression, as you wonderfully s- said. And it's good for us to examine this stuff yeah. because I don't think we examine it enough because I, I grew up on hymns. I love hymns. I I play and listen to hymns. I actually, I read them sometimes in devotional times. There's some horrible theology in hymns. You know, there's a lot of people running around, well, if we could only sing the old hymns again, then boy, wouldn't church be great? Well, there's some terrible hymns, <laughs> you know, that's just terrible theology, no matter the style. Mm-hmm. Or the expression musically, if the theology is not good in the lyrics, it's what we should, there's things we shouldn't be singing. So Jordan, thank you for being with us today. Any, mm-hmm. any final thoughts? You've got, a, you've got an audience here. What do you want to leave us with? Yeah, I, I would say if there's any worship pastors, anyone stewarding creativity in the church, stewarding gatherings in Christian worship, I, I, I want to encourage you and challenge you to to always remember without the word of God. I'm just going to say it again because it. I want it to always be at the forefront. Without the word of God, you have nothing to say. Without the spirit of God, you have nothing to offer. And so remembering the starting place is the word of God to drive our desires into the heart of God. And so mm-hmm. for those who don't steward that, those who are just Christ followers and wanting to understand more about enter gatherings expectant to understand more about who God is, ask questions. I, I, I find it fascinating that my first time ever in a Christian gathering, the questions I walked out with. How easy it is now for me, years later, to walk into a service and and not be expectant. I get asked the question all the time, how do you lead three services? The same song three times in a row. Because God's always doing something new. He's always saying something new. There's always something for me to to learn and understand. I'll never understand the full depth of the heart of God. As much as I search, as much as I run after it, right. it goes deeper. And the so, inexhaustible riches. Of yeah. If you've been God's a Christian... Grace. For decades, and you find yourself in a, in a corporate gathering of uh, of Christians coming together to to glorify the Lord. Are you expectant? Are you are you searching after who God is and His heart and how you how you fit in the story in the context of that? Because my prayer for you is that it wouldn't just be a moment that you point back to years ago, decades ago that that you found that and and now you're walking through the form and function of it, but but that you are cultivating a relationship with Christ that you are cultivating the expectant heart looking after and, and longing to know more of, of who he is because 
that's where the beauty of, of Christian worship lands, I think, is in that relationship. So, Thank you. Well, Jordan Magelson, thanks for being with us today on Kitchen no, Table Theology. Honored, we really appreciate it. it. Yeah. yeah, it's been a... Now I, I wish I'd gotten you on here a lot sooner, but <laughs> I've just felt like with this, as we, as we take a look at the study of the theology of worship, yeah. I thought, I don't, I don't know of a better person to talk to on this. So thank you for, for joining well, us. You. And Kitchen Table Theologian, thank you for joining us today. And we'll look forward to seeing you the next time, Lord willing. And just remember that the real power of theology is not only in knowing it, but applying it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, please check out our show notes. If you have a question from today's podcast, kindly email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.